If you have structured processes, if you are disciplined around the use of the leads and its conversion in Salesforce, leads can be valuable and they also can be valuable in certain circumstances like a demo now or uh, contact us. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the B2BMX Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Lindenau, and today we're going to focus on clearing up some rumors in the industry, namely the uncertain future of leads. There have been so many perspectives lately implying that B2B marketers should be focusing less on leads. In fact, Forrester has even stated at various events that the lead is dead. So on the line with me today is B2B Fusion's John Russo, who's here to share a different perspective on the lead dilemma. Welcome to the podcast, John. How are you? Kelly, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. I love to hear it. So before we get to the exciting and possibly controversial stuff, I'm going to pass the mic quickly to John so he could tell us a little bit more about himself and B2B Fusion. Well, thanks, Kelly. It's my favorite subject myself. We could spend the entire podcast on this, but I'll kind of cut to the chase. I've been a former high-tech CMO for 10 years, and one of the challenges that I found as a CMO was measurement. I remember having to go into my board of directors with ink on the paper, racing to my board saying, look what I've done from a marketing perspective. I had all this technology, marketing automation platform, Salesforce. I couldn't get it to work right. I had to do it all in Excel. In fact, my then recent graduate from Rutgers and I were furiously putting numbers together and literally the ink was wet. And that's what really birthed the concept of B2B Fusion about 10 years ago, where we were really in the business of helping other marketers with their journey of measurement. And we've taken that very passionately. It just so happens that we've been more focused toward the account-based world because we have found that the measurement of account-based and lead-based is a common and frequent issue that a lot of enterprises run up against and they just don't know what to do. And that's the kind of problem that we help solve. So that's a little bit about myself and about what we've been focused on. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So now you recently spoke at our B2B Marketing Exchange Next Level ABM event. And we had an interesting keynote on Monday that centered around moving from MQLs to MQAs. And then previously at our Scottsdale event, there was another presentation where the speaker said the lead is dead. So what's your opinion on that? Is it actually possible to eliminate leads? Ooh, great question. And we could do the entire podcast on this. So let's talk for a moment about architecture and definitions, because I think it's important that we have kind of consistency here. First of all, Salesforce uses objects, standard objects like leads, contacts, opportunities. And the data in the leads object doesn't relate to any other information within Salesforce. It's called a non-related database. And this makes it really challenging for marketers, SDRs, sales, anybody who's either looking to work in the systems or to measure within the systems. So to answer your question directly, is it possible to get away without the leads or leads object in Salesforce? In our experience, and we've been measuring this for a decade, the numbers have stayed pretty consistent. About three in 10 companies use the contacts only object 
and don't use the leads object. About seven in 10 use the leads object. And that number, not only has it stayed consistent, but we've been able to reconfirm it through data from Validity, which is CRM Fusion, and also through other external polls that have been done as well. So the data is pretty consistent and has been pretty consistent over the years. It's just a really popular or easy thing to say, leads are dead, but it really is situational and it's not necessarily applicable to every enterprise. Okay, perfect. So now with that in mind, would you say, blanket statement, eliminating leads is easier said than done? Ooh, it's definitely an easy thing to say to eliminate leads. And maybe we should even go, get into why you would want to eliminate those leads too, beyond maybe a best practice firm, quote unquote, saying the lead is dead and you should move away from it. There's a lot of process for a number of these companies that are tied into the leads. So for example, BDRs or SDRs may be used to working in the leads object in their system. So their day-to-day work is in the system that involves leads. Marketers might be also prospecting using the leads and contact database. So moving or doing a flash cut from leads to contacts, the reason you might do that is your target market might be very narrow. So for example, healthcare, which in the U.S. has about 300 systems It's very defined, very finite. Some manufacturing companies are the same way. So your database is quite small, maybe five to 10,000 people, and you've got a fixed number of accounts to go after. In both of those use cases, it does make sense to kind of cut out the leads and move over to the contacts. In just about any other use case, though, in our experience, we find that it doesn't make sense to necessarily cut out the leads if you're trying to do an account-based motion In that case, to your question, if you did decide to make that change over, you're going against business process. So new business process would have to be laid down and new measurement capabilities would need to be laid down. Before I leave this question, the only other thing that I'll also add is marketers sometimes see very myopically and they kind of see the, okay, we're going to eliminate the leads and it'll make it a lot easier for a measurement perspective. The myopic means they've got blinders on what the sales experience is. And this is where I feel like a lot of us marketers need to really improve our thoughtfulness. The sales side is used to a certain motion in Salesforce. They're used to working in a certain way. And all of a sudden, by pushing everything over to the contacts and opportunities, you're layering on a lot of process on them and potentially data quality and opportunity policing that has to happen that they've never had to do before. So you have to be really thoughtful about how the sales team moves if you do decide to make that change over. But like I said, in seven out of 10 cases, it really isn't warranted. You can get away with measuring both leads and accounts. You just have to do it in a savvy way. Okay. So then what are some of the other factors that are giving leads a bad rep and making marketers think that it's best to stop relying on them? Yeah, that's a very thoughtful question. And it is a common frustration. I probably should have said this early on. It is a common frustration. And even I'm frustrated with leads as well. And the frustrating part, I think, could be, depending on who you are, from a marketer perspective, the challenge is they're almost like a bit of a Humpty Dumpty on the lead side. There are a bunch of little pieces that you're trying to scatter around. And in the Salesforce world, 
you have to bring them through a very structured process in order to get that attribution, which a lot of marketers are gold on. They may not say that they want to take credit for a pipeline, but that's how they get gold. So then the challenge becomes the quantity of leads going into the BDRs, and the BDRs don't have time to execute on all the leads. So there's even further frustration of marketers saying to the BDRs, why aren't you following up on my leads? Well, because they're not good quality is usually the response from the BDRs. Now, what also ends up happening, going back to that Humpty Dumpty analogy, is because the leads are not related, the BDRs could actually be talking to that same company and not realizing the two are really related or interrelated. And that brings on a lot of frustration as well. So those parties would be frustrated. And then the sales team may also be frustrated because the leads are never high enough quality is what they hear from their BDRs. So they're echoing kind of the BDR mantra. So everybody's frustrated with the lead side. Having said that, if you have structured processes, if you are disciplined around the use of the leads and its conversion in Salesforce, leads can be valuable. And they also can be valuable in certain circumstances, like a demo now or uh, contact us. If those come into an organization, the quality of those might be quite high. So Yes, it's easy to get lost in the 99% that are probably not really well qualified, but it's all it takes is that 1%. And if that 1%, especially in this economic climate, that 1% converts, it may be worth pursuing. So that's why I think there's a lot of frustration with the leads. But having said that, I would not toss them out. Okay, perfect. So now being that it is so disjointed and there's that 1% that marketers have to target, are there any sort of technologies in the field that could help in this complicated landscape? Yeah, there are a couple. And I'm glad you asked that question because I think there's a couple different things that technologies, depending on the business process and the business pain point, let's assume that there's a number of business pain points. Um, One would be the basics of lead to account matching. You could build that yourselves. In fact, we've done it for our clients too. We've built basic lead to account matching. The other option would be to outsource it. So our partners at Lean Data would be a good example. They've got an incredibly robust solution that not only does routing capabilities, but also does that lead to account matching. Zoom Info's Ringlead also has the capability to do that lead to account matching. And that's kind of fundamental technology if you're going to do an account-based strategy approach. You need one of those technologies as a foundation to kind of get from point A to point B. Are there other technologies out there? The marketing automation platforms work cross-object. The ABX platforms work better when you have that lead to account matching in place. Is it a prerequisite? For some, it's a prerequisite. For others, it's not. So it really depends on your ABX platform. But I'd say at a minimum, if you're thinking about both a lead-based motion and an account-based motion, having that lead to account matching is the absolute minimum. Okay, awesome. So now that we've established that leads are here to stay and they're still a viable option, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and talk about best practices. So can you just share some tips and tricks for marketers on how they can enhance and modernize their lead and new account generation efforts? Yeah, so enhancing their lead and account generation efforts and really with an eye toward measurement, I think that would be a key a key aspect. 
sometimes people, when they're starting an account-based strategy that a lot of companies are now dabbling with, they always have to start off with a target set of accounts. And one tip would be, you never want to get in a situation where sales is dictating what those target accounts are. And the reason you don't want to get in that situation is, and we're all in sales at day's end, but sometimes our sales counterparts will give maybe the gristle or the worst of the worst for marketing to go after because they know that they're not having success. So if they're not having success, it's easier to give it to marketing to say, hey, marketing, go play with that. Don't touch my pipeline. They're not going to explicitly say that. So the tip there would be, maybe it's a second tip, would be come prepared to that conversation with a data-driven approach. There's a number of intent providers that could help coach which accounts are in market versus not in market. You could do your own analysis based on your own marketing automation and CRM, although it'd be manual to do that. There are a couple different ways that you could come to the table with a recommendation around which accounts to go after versus being handed accounts. That would kind of be the foundational level. There's some other foundational levels too, but they really depend on your marketing automation platform. You do have to get a lot of fundamentals in your marketing automation platform working well, especially for the reporting. One fundamental being data. So if your data has massive duplications at the contact or lead level or lead to account level, you really want to try to clean that up. And that duplication can be in the form of a lot of different ways. It could be an exact match duplication. It could be a fuzzy match duplication. So an example would be Kelly Lindau at GE.com or Kelly Lindau at GeneralElectric.com. Both might be the same person, but it's a different company name. And there's two records in Salesforce, which is going to get the attribution, which one does the salesperson follow up with. It's when you get into those scenarios, you can really fracture your attribution up pretty quickly. So as a fundamental, you really want to make sure data is looked at. And an outside firm or an agency, whether ours or any, should be able to take a pretty assertive and aggressive look to say, hey, here's what's happening and here's your path forward. If you can't figure it out on internal resources alone, mainly because data spans everything and everyone. So it's a pretty common issue that a lot of companies wrestle with as a fundamental. Those would be probably the two or three areas that I would suggest or as tips to really take a look at. All right, perfect. So now I have to do it. I have to play the devil's advocate here. So are there any scenarios where lead elimination would actually work, whether that's in account-based motions or otherwise? I think it, first of all, I I think it's not the devil. I do think that there are use cases where it does make a lot of sense for not having the leads. I could make a case where, as I was saying briefly before, if your target market is really well-defined, there's not a lot of need to have all this complexity architecture in Salesforce, or if you have a sales organization that doesn't have BDRs, and you just have a sales team, and you just have a marketing team, you want to combine that. If your products are really well-defined in Salesforce, there could be a case to do that as well. There might be an outside case, and I'm speaking from being a former CMO myself, where coming into an organization, you have an opportunity to change how you've done things before. I don't know if it would be the very first battle that I'd want to fight in an organization, but you could, as a new leader, come in to say, 
we are not going to use the leads object. We're just going to push everything over to the contacts and opportunity side. Because when you're a new leader, you have an opportunity to, to really define your measurement, but you only got one shot at that. Meaning your credibility is going to be on that, what you report and then what you're going to contribute. So you got to get that right as a new leader, whether you're head of marketing or head of demand gen, I think you might have that opportunity to shift the model. I don't know if it would be devil's advocate per se. I do think that there could be a use case. And I think, you know, the best practice firms that are out there talking about it make a good case for having that. The last thing I'll end with there is there are some ABX platforms that play more heavily into the opportunity side and the account side and really don't touch the lead side much at all. And depending on the account-based platform, you might have a case where, especially if you have an account-based motion, that not having the leads object would make a lot of sense. But again, we're talking about three in 10 times here. So statistically, seven in 10 people have leads and they're measuring, and then the three in 10 do not have them. So it's clear that you have your finger on the pulse of the B2B industry. So for the benefit of our listeners here, what are some of the latest trends you've seen in this space? And, you know, could you walk me through how you expect the industry to evolve and where you expect to see it go in the next year or two? Yeah, great, great question. And each Friday, we also have our own 30-minute conversation, live conversation with industry leaders talking about the future of the industry. And one area that really intrigues us right now is intent data. Intent data is more popular now than it was three years ago or five years ago. And there's multiple levels of intent data, first party, second party, third party. We're finding more companies adopting multiple levels of intent data, meaning you might have G2 Crowd, for example. In fact, we're talking with the CMO this week from G2 on kind of the bottom of the funnel and the peer review type intent data. And then you've got newer companies out there like Influ2, for example, that does first-party targeting data. So that's data that you own or data in your database that you can, through very sophisticated targeting, and we've done this with our clients with Influ2 and have built dashboards using their technology, we have found that it's been quite effective and very, very effective when you layer on intent like multiple levels of intent. So I think that's going to be a pretty intriguing area, especially in this weird environment that we're in right now where we're kind of going back to events, but we're not really doing events. Like I'm really looking forward to your event in August, but a lot of people are still on the fence about the events side of things as a business. They're not like they were pre-COVID where 40% of marketing budgets were were events. So there's a lot more research that's happening online, and that's where intent data could really shine. Okay, awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us today. You've definitely given us all a lot to think about with our lead gen processes. Kelly, I'm grateful for it. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out either on LinkedIn, my contact will be, I think, on here, or you can reach me directly at john.russo at b2bfusiongroup.com. I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Perfect. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Kelly. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast today to stay in the loop for future episodes. We're available on your podcast player of choice. You can also chat with us on Twitter and LinkedIn to share your thoughts on today's episode because, let's be honest, I know you have some. Thank you again for joining us on the B2BMX podcast today. I'll see you all next week.